This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome, witch, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Bennett Tamaria, and I'm also here joined by my co-host... Hey guys, Captain Shanko here. And as we are coming back to the uh, show this week, we are finishing up our episodes for Hogwarts. So, we're finishing this up with the famous school... And who knows where we're going to go next. I actually know where we're going to go next. And it's, it's, I'm super pumped to go over the next topic. But uh, put that to the side. Um, let's get into Hogwarts. So this week we're going to go a little more of the actual school like system. On how Hogwarts works. Like your, It's your traditional, you know, school. But with much different classes. Like a lot. I think I, I think I would have actually excelled at school if I had been in potions and magical creatures and like even you know just like botany or whatever. Right. Uh, over let's do algebra for the third time. Yeah, yeah. Like none of your common classes that we take in school, in at least here in the United States. Are remotely in Hogwarts, and I'm imagining it's the same for you know, like the UK. They don't have remotely the same subjects. They don't have mathematics. They don't have science. They don't have science. They don't have. They have history, but it's specifically Muggle history. But yeah, like I would definitely have a lot more fun at Hogwarts than I did in public school because it was just boring stuff. But, yeah, let's get right into it. So, to kick it off, we have subjects and teachers. So, Hogwarts had its uh, faculty and uh, abundance of wise and talented professors, each specified in a specific subject. Other staff positions include that of a school nurse, caretaker, librarian, and keeper of the keys and grounds of Hogwarts. So, Hagrid. Hogwarts had a huge variety of classes that taught, you know, witchcraft and wizardry. These included a core curriculum and also electives um, available third year and forward. Some classes could be dropped in the sixth year. So it changes just like normal school. Yeah. And the electives they have are awesome. So like. And for instance, numerous lessons were described instructing the students in various branches of magic, transfiguration, defense against the dark arts, charms, potions, astronomy, history of magic, and herbology were compulsory subjects for the first five years. So those subjects you have to take, period, for the, your first five years of Hogwarts. At the end of their second year, students are required to add at least two optional subjects to their schedules. Um, at the start of first year, or third year, five of the choices are arithmancy, study of ancient runes, divination, care of magical creatures, and muggle studies. Yeah, and 
if anybody has read Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's mentioned, it's referenced in the movie as well, Hermione takes literally every single class. Every single elective, every single, like, she had her, the cl- the major classes that you have to take, and then she took every single elective. That's a big no for me. And you find out, like, can, like I finished Prison Raskin, I read, uh, reread Prison Raskin recently, and she, that's like the, you don't see it in the film, but in the book, she struggles on balancing all those different classes because she's taking three classes at one time at 9 a.m. There's three different classes at 9 a.m. That's how why she has the time turner is so she can go back in time and then take all these different classes. But like, that's the workload. I'm sorry. It was enough to struggle enough with seven periods in public school and dealing with all the electives and classes I had then, let alone all that. Yeah, no. Talk so, about an academic overachiever, and I think she would take. I think we she would also have taken the band subject as well had she had the opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. She's more of a knowledge than you know as a performer. Uh, but in addition, Horcruxes were banned uh, subject at Hogwarts due to the extremely dark and inhumane nature. Which we all could have guessed why that is. Yeah, I mean, I think Hermione would have wanted to learn about them, but uh, I think there's a good reason why you're not allowed to study Horcruxes. Right. I think that's an awful lot of temptation for impressionable teenagers. But we have core classes. So these core classes were astronomy, charms, the dark arts only from the years of 97 and 98, Defense Against the Dark Arts, which were discontinued from 1997 to 1998. So, obviously, because of these, this is the year of Deathly Hollows. So, this is when Snape took over the school. The um, Death Eaters were, like, in charge of Hogwarts. So, instead of Defense Against the Dark Arts, they taught the Dark Arts. And we get a reference of this from Neville in the film, where, oh, they want me to performed the Cruciatus curse on these first years and I I said no and so he got like he got tortured for it jeez yeah uh flying which is first years only optional for older students herbology history of magic muggle studies which were 97 and 98 school year only potions and transfiguration um and then flying of course we see this in obviously uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone in the film and the book. But when we finally get the game Hogwarts Legacy, I guarantee we will be participating in flying lessons because we're a fifth year in that game. So, yeah, you're going to need to know how to fly a broom. Very cool. Um, There were a couple electives also offered at Hogwarts, and from third year on, you could choose to do Arithmancy, Care of Magical Creatures, Divination, Muggle Studies, um, the core class in the 1997 and 98 school year, and you could also take Study of Ancient Runes. 
Older students, sixth and seventh years, with sufficient demand, could also take advanced arithmancy studies, alchemy, ancient studies, and apparition. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, you and um, when currently I'm reading Goblet of Fire, and it is said in that book, you have to have a license to apparate, and you have to take tests, kind of like how we have to take driving tests to you know, be able to drive on the road. They have to take apparition tests to make sure that you know how to operate properly and you have to get a license to do so. Which is interesting. I did not know that was a thing. But, and then you have, you know, the extracurricular subjects. So you have art, ghoul studies, which is interesting, magical theory, muggle art, muggle music, music, and then zyomancy. Which, uh, and xylomancy is a method of divination. So that's fun. And there's even more extracurriculars. So you have the art club for Gryffindor, the astronomy club, charms club, dueling club, for our choir, um, which the conductor was uh, Professor Flitwick, the Hogwarts. Ancient Runes Club, the Hogwarts Gobstone Club, Hogwarts Orchestra, Magical Creatures Club, Potions Club, Rat Race Club, which is, that's an interesting one, the Slugs and Bugs Club, the Slug Club, Wizard... Wait, wait, wait. So, is it not redundant to have Slugs and Bugs Club and then also Slug Club, unless just Slug Club happens to be, like, a fight club, but they can't call it Fight Club? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, oh, well, Slug Club. The Slug Club is specifically... Um, so the Slugs and Bugs Club is its own thing. The Slug Club by itself is uh, Slughorns. Like, special student club thing that he had. Yeah. I still hate it. I know. Uh, the Wizard Card Collectors Club, the Dragon Club, Sphinx Club, and the hip- Hippogriff Hippogriff Club. In the last three, the Dragon, Sphinx, and the Hippogriff Club, you can actually join in the Hogwarts Mystery mobile game. And what do they do in those? You. It's just a club? It's a club to join with other students and friends and befriend people and whatnot. I gotcha. Um, Hogwarts also offers counseling, which we love to see it. Students' probably should. mental health is very important, especially when the Dark Lord could come knocking on your door at any time. Um, that would be pretty terrifying for sure, especially if he like popped in your house and killed your parents. Oh, I wonder who that had that happen to them. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hogwarts students received career advice from their heads of house in their owl year. Um, so that's that's cool their heads of house help them pick their future careers mm-hmm. so some weeks prior uh, they help them do this some weeks prior to their exams uh, to help them establish what subjects the students need to concentrate on in order to achieve the required owl and newt scores for their chosen or their chosen occupations it's like Yay. the fcat it's like the fcat but on but magic <laughs> yeah it's like kind of like um, 
like SATs, or SAT, or ACT, kind of, because you don't need that, though, for a job mm-hmm. where these are specifically job requirements. Like uh, if we go back to uh, order or not order the thing, uh, Haplid Prince, where McGonagall cor- uh, talks to Harry in the hallway and says, uh, well, you need you're you're still planning to do it, become an aura, right? And it's like, well, yeah. It's like, well, you need to go and take potions and get a a good score in potions. But it's like, well, I already got it for Snape. It's like, well, you haven't had it with Slughorn yet, so go take potions. Hmm. And then you know, obviously, Harry does become an aura, and I believe Ron becomes an aura. I think I have to double check on that one. I forget what John Ron becomes. I know Hermione. Also works for the ministry, but she's more of like I think something with the Muggles, uh, I can't remember the term they use. Cooperation, mm. I believe. Though, don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I've read the Muggle relations or something. I I would have to reread Deathly Hollows. I'm getting to that point. Mm. So, in the fifth year, the students would get career advice, which we just went over, uh, which would help students choose their new ch- subjects. Bill Weasley told his younger brother Ron about it before the examination during the Easter break. The students would receive a batch of leaflets advising different jobs available at Hogwarts students and the newts required for them. And then certain examples were healing, muggle relations, wizard banking, training security trolls, and working for the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes. That doesn't sound fun. Just my opinion. Magical accidents and catastrophes. Yeah. You just get to deal with the worst of the worst every single day. Yeah. Sounds like retail. No comment. <laughs> I work on retail, so yes. I used to work Sometime. on retail. Yeah. You get used to it. You become numb. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, during the first week of the summer term, the students would discuss their future careers with the head of houses during a careers appointment. Harry Potter discussed his wish to become an or with McGonagall, who described it as a difficult career to path to take. Their requirements were high, five newts, and passing in character and aptitude tests or training then took another three years of study, which, honestly, Harry Potter, the one who... Defeated the Dark Lord not only once, like when he was a one-year-old, but then one, two, five, four times after that, he's defeated him in combat. And then actually, like, finally killed him. Does he need training? (laughs) I don't think there's anyone much more qualified for the job. Right. Like, it makes zero sense. He, like... Honestly, if you're a dark wizard trying to, like, escape and you find out Harry Potter is after you, I would just turn myself in at that point. It's like, nope, nope, I'm not even going to try with this guy. He he's he killed he killed the Dark Lord. I'm, nope, I'm good. Take me in. <laughs> um, so Percy Weasley was still reading about his future career possibilities after his career as advice. In Diagon Alley, he read about the later careers of Hogwarts. Hogwarts prefects just before he started his sixth year. Yeah. Percy's something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like Percy. Like, 
him in the films, he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time in the films, nor a whole lot of dialogue, but in the books, he's the most absolute annoying person ever in that book, in the books. Like, he is such a suck up. <laughs> and then Harry first thought of his career after Hogwarts when he discussed it with uh, Bertelimus Crouch, oh, Mr. Crouch, or discuss it with Crouch Jr. disguised as Moody. And, you know, this is uh, Goblet of Fire. In his fourth year, Crouch suggested that he and Hermione Granger would be suitable to become Aurors. And oddly enough, the students of Hogwarts did not appear to receive similar counseling at the end of their second year when they chose the elective subjects that could determine their future careers. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. Especially, you know, <laughs> after Harry's second year, you know, when four student fought, no, six students became petrified by a giant serpent. You don't think they should have counseling? Come on. Like, what, yeah. the, what the heck? Six students Yikes. almost died from looking in the eyes of a giant snake for crying out loud. Give them something. Like, that makes zero sense. But, now that we are, we kind of went over the classes, let's take a short break and thank everybody who support the podcast. Wow. And welcome to the middle of the show of the Wizarding World lore cast, where we go over everything that has nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who takes their time to review and uh, leave a rating on Spotify and Apple. Um, we, If you want to leave some words with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, that'd be really appreciated, even on a five-star review on Spotify. Spotify. It really helps out the show helps us grow as a podcast, and if you do leave a review with words, we will read it out loud here on the show. And then, I uh, do want to remind everybody, uh, if you do want to f- uh, help us financially, we do have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast where you can get ad-free episodes, uh, do AMAs with us, or even uh, come on the show with us once a month, go over a specific topic you guys want to talk about, it could be literally anything like characters. It could be about yourself as a, a Harry Potter fan or anything with the Wizarding World. And then you can find us on the Robots Radio Network Discord at robotsradio.net where you can find this show and the other shows that we do. I do uh, another show called Holocron History, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends with my co-host Teacup where we take a deep dive into the Star Wars lore. And then Captain Chanko here, she also has some of her own shows. Yes, I am one of the hosts of the MCU Lorecast. I do that show with Psych 88 of the Mass Effect Blue Shift. We have a really great time talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of the comic book history surrounding them. We um, 
I'm also one of the hosts of The Fight Space, which is a martial arts podcast. I recently brought my friend Nick onto the show and we had a really great first episode together. So if you're interested in martial arts or anything surrounding the fighting community, definitely come listen to me on The Fight Space. That's awesome. And I think that's it for the middle of the show. We don't have any new reviews or anything going on right now. So let's get back into Hogwarts. All right, now that we're back, we get to go over the most important thing, the grading system. Oh, boy. That's the one thing I really don't understand with the U.S. schools. The grading system's so stupid. The wizard report card. <laughs> yes. Like, the U.K. has a better reporting system, or, like, report card system than the U.S. does. And, like, the U.S. makes zero sense. But that, that you know, I'm just, you know, biased on that because I'm in the U.S. I don't know. But the grading, system, uh, grading on routine homework seemed to be along the same lines of that of Muggle students. Hogwarts students were also had more difficult exams as they progressed higher in the system. OWLs, or the Ordinary Wizarding Levels, were a set of standardized tests for fifth-year students, which determined what co uh, courses a student could continue in their study in their final years of Hogwarts. They were the wizarding equivalent of muggle O-levels. Which I have no idea what O-levels are. I'm assuming like SAT, ACT kind of a thing. For at least us. So. So the newts, also known as the nastily exhausting wizarding tests. They have to throw the nastily... <laughs> in there just to show how bad they are i guess were optional yeah. levels of education for exceptional student much like a levels for muggle students to progress to new level students must receive certain high marks on owl exams otherwise the student would not be able to cope with the increasingly difficult subject matter newt tests occurred at the end of seventh year and could not be retaken so i guess Ooh. when they said that harry potter had to take several very difficult newts five there's no chance to go back and nope. try again he had one shot so good and for he him. did it he did it look at that it's not honestly, like he's the chosen one or anything right honestly i mean did he finish the seventh year i don't know if he did because you know his seventh year he was you know running around trying to evade uh death eaters and killing bad people and i think his just his life was more difficult than any of the nude exams could ever dream of being so. honestly i i wouldn't be surprised they gave him a pass on it it's like yeah you're, you're good enough <laughs> so with they the, never know right so with the ordinary uh wizarding level grading system they pass grades so yeah so you have o for outstanding um, e for excellent expectations, and then A for acceptable. So the um, and then the failing grades are P for poor, D for dreadful, and T for troll. Hmm. As in a fail with distinction, more one T may mean refusal into another newt. That's bad. 
and the grading system was also used for the Wombats, an optional test taken outside of Hogwarts, and was most likely used as uh, used on Newts also, making this a universal exam grading system in Wizarding Britain. Gee, the Wizarding World loves their acronyms almost as much as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, with Marvel, you have S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the Shield, Homeland. Sword. Yeah, like literally all of it's just yeah, they're like names, Hammer. but they're it's all acronyms. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is what it says it is. It's something else, and there's entirely too many words. That's mm-hmm. why they had to break it down and make it spell something. Yep. Fun stuff. So let's talk exams. <laughs> No. We all love final <laughs> exams. All students at Hogwarts were required to complete a set of exams to get into the next year of schooling. All right, so pretty par for the course. The Wizarding World is not so far off from the real world. There was one exam for each subject. In fifth year, instead of end of the year exams, students sat their owls, ordinary wizarding levels. The score they achieved on these was what allowed them to progress to newt level. In order to progress to Newt, a student had to score either an outstanding or exceeds expectations on their OWL. Yeah, that makes sense. Pretty straightforward. Um, And then we get a little deeper with the uh, OWLs. An ordinary wizarding level, often abbreviated to OWL, uh, was subject uh, subject specific test taken during the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry students' fifth year. These exams were administrated by the Wizarding Examinations Authority. The score made by a student on a particular owl determined whether or not he or she would be allowed to continue taking that subject in subsequent school years and whether they might be successful in attaining a particular job. Each exam had a written and practical assessment, and so students could demonstrate both their practical and theoretical knowledge, and exams were taken over a two-week period. So, I guess that's a good thing. So... I guess you could still pass even if you didn't do well on the written as long as you did well, really well in the practical. That sounds about right. I know with my, um, so I was in the international baccalaureate program in high school and for all of the language subjects. So in theater and in my French class, I had to take a written portion and a practical portion. I did so well in my practical portion of my French that I passed, even though I got like a D on the written portion. <laughs> I got a great accent and a small vocabulary and I do my best. Yeah. Which I suppose when you're thinking about wizarding jobs, they would have to be able to perform even if they don't necessarily understand how to put it to paper. Correct. Yeah. I mean, like with defense against the dark arts, as long as you know how, how to counter make a counter curse or something like that or be able to like defend yourself you're good mm-hmm. plus i mean trying to put that on paper for most defense against dark arts yeah no potions i probably would fail regardless <laughs> this just felt right yeah well now the lab is blown up good job right Um, So the newts, the nastily exhausting wizarding tests, 
were subject specific exams that seventh years and seventh year witches and wizards at Hogwarts school took to help them pursue certain careers after graduation. So for instance, Ministry of Magic only accepted or applicants with at least five newts with top grades of either outstanding or exceeds expectations. So that's uh, that's your hot commodity job. <laughs> it's also the most dangerous job in the entire yeah. ministry. They want to make sure die. that uh, they want to make sure that they're qualified, and that's terrifying to think they're going after things that could kill them, even though they are the most qualified people in their field. Yep. Uh, not much was known about these exams. Stu- some students didn't take them at all, mm-hmm. as some career in the wizarding world didn't require newts. I sure would hope not. <laughs> yeah. I hope you would not need to pass a death-defying test in order to be a wizard car wash worker right yeah like or like just like an innkeeper or just anything in the western world like i would imagine newts were specifically for jobs at the ministry Mm -hmm. because it's very specific work that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. um where other jobs like a lawyer like going through school to be a lawyer you have to pass your bar and you're yeah you know Mm-hmm. Or Graduate even with a master's. Uh, yep. And same Maybe with like, go for a doctorate. Yep. Whatever. Same same concept. So mm-hmm. now we would go to recruitment. So before the school term, uh, each year the Hogwarts deputy headmaster sent letters to eligible witches and wizards who were be eleven years old at the start of the incoming term. These letters invited the children to be students at Hogwarts. If for any reason a letter letter did not be reach its intended recipient recipient. Owls would continue delivering letters until the person received one, as was Harry Potter's experience when he turned 11. Yeah, you know, those owls that bombarded his house and constantly sent, like, hundreds if not thousands of letters. Yeah, but, like, Harry is also a special case. Cause mm-hmm. Yeah, the Dursleys did not want him to go or that, be magic. And that he was Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Just, like... He was going to go to school whether he liked it or not. He would have went to school. He was going to go to school. He's the chosen one. <laughs> and then uh, the letter contained a list of needed supplies signed by the chief attendant of uh, witchcraft pre- provisions, uh, Lucinda Topicicle Pocus. That's a tongue twister, uh, which included uniform clothing, uh, spell books, and cauldrons. Letters were also sent to existing students to inform them of new supplies needed. Students usually attained school supplies at Diagon Alley in London. Yeah, I spent too much money at Diagon Alley in Orlando. (laughs) I still need to do that, so. Yeah. Um Letters to muggle-born witches and wizards such as Hermione and Harry's mother, Lily Evans, as well as Tar Marvolo Riddle, Voldemort, and Harry, half-bloods who lived with muggles and knew nothing of the wizarding world, who may not have been aware of their powers and were unfamiliar with the concealed wizarding world, were delivered in person by a member of Hogwarts staff, who then explained to the parents or guardians about magical society and reassured them regarding this news. They also assisted the family in regards to buying supplies and gaining access access to Diagon Alley. Yep. That would uh definitely be like Yeah, be the best way. Because muggles. 
And then Harry's letter was sent via normal hour delivery since Professor Dumbledore had presumed that the Dursleys had explained to Harry about Hogwarts and the Wizarding World when no response came from the first several more letters, each reflecting Harry's new location, were sent. And so you get a good, um, you get this in the book of Sorcerer's Stone where every, like the first time he gets it, it's uh, under the cupboard. Or in the cupboard under the stairs. And then when he gets moved to another room, it's a completely different location on the letter of where he currently <laughs> is staying in the house. And it's freaking hilarious. And then uh, ultimately Hagrid uh, was dispatched to deliver a hand, hand deliver Harry's final letter. Once he found Harry, who was with the Dursleys on their own on their vain attempt to keep all wizarding knowledge from Harry, Hagrid explained all about Harry's parents and really what really happened the night they died. You're a wizard, Harry. Yes. I'm a what? <laughs> I'm a what? No. Hagrid, you're pushing me over the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while Remus Lupin's father was a wizard, Dumbledore personally visited the family to invite the boy to Hogwarts, given the fact that Remus had been affected by his lycanthropy. Uh, Remus noted that it was only after Dumbledore became headmaster that he could even have been accepted at Hogwarts. Yes, and that's uh, that entire story was it's in if you get to if you read Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, Lupin details that completely to where prior to Dumbledore being headmaster the headmasters don't like like Ampathy like they don't like werewolves and because of that and how you um well you don't really get it in the films but the Whomping Willow was planted the same year as when Lupin went to school specifically because that Whomping Willow was placed over a hidden entrance to the Shrieking Shack to where they would um, sneak Lupin out every once in a month for the full moon so he would have his transformations outside of the grounds. Hmm. And there's a hidden way to get get under the uh, Whomping Willow without being, you know, smacked around by its branches. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, students were allowed to bring a cat, an owl, or a toad, but exceptions such as rats and pygmy puffs were made. Um, moreover, students did not have to pay tuition fee because the British Ministry of Magic covered the cost of all students' uh, magical education. So that's even the best thing. You don't have to pay tuition. What the heck? Like, that's insane. We need to get it together like the Wizarding World does. Like, what? Like, the government pays for you to go to school? Like, why isn't that a thing? Mm-hmm. So, while most... Sorry, hold on. Um, while most wizards and witches in Britain were educated in Hogwarts, they were not obligated to attend if they didn't wish to. Some parents were noted to have home-educated their children, such as Lyle Lupin, uh, he originally intended to do this for a son due to his condition or send them abroad as Lucius originally intended to do for Draco uh, to the uh, to Durmstrang in in uh, blah I can't talk Institute tonight, I'm sorry Durmstrang Institute D- Derm- yes. it, with Durmstrang being the 
one of the three uh, European mm-hmm. schools next to uh, Bo Bodrax Bertrix, uh, which we see both those schools in Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. um, and Dumstrang is the school that teaches dark arts. Mm. Which makes sense for so that's why you know, he wanted Draco to go there. <laughs> more than likely. And then uh, this was temporarily changed in 1997 to 1988 school year in which the new Voldemort installed regime mandated all eligible children to attend in order to weed out Muggleborns from the school. Mm. Because because Voldemort is a POS. Mm. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Uniforms. Hogwarts was obviously a uniform school. Yep. You can you can get the uniforms at the at Diagon Alley in Orlando. Or you can buy it on the uh the internet. Yeah, for through... a lot cheaper. For a lot cheaper. Yeah, you can go to the Universal website and actually buy it cheaper on the website than you would actually buy it at, at Diagon Alley. Yeah, I believe it. But I mean, I know I plenty think. of people that do. I I get it. It's fun. It's just cool to go there and buy it in person. I guess. But I you can just buy it early it. and then wear it on your visit. That's true. Because that's what um, you should do. Because they allow they allow you to dress up at Diagon Alley. They allow you to dress up at the Wizarding World stuff. Like it's awesome. Yeah, looking at you, Disney. <laughs> they're they're getting a little more lenient on some things, specifically mm-hmm. mostly on Star Wars. That's the only thing they're getting lenient on. Like, you can wear your Jedi robe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the students at Hogwarts school uh, were required to wear a uniform. The uniform consisted of a black robe and a black pointed hat occasionally, as well as colored lapels and ties that distinguish the different houses, along with the house logo on their chest. Yep. And obviously, on your first year, you just get standard black robes. You don't have anything to distinguish yourself because you're not sorted yet. But obviously, after you get sorted into your house on your first year, then going forward, all your stuff will be specifically colored, depending mm-hmm. on the house that you are. So student wears with their students wore their own socks and shoes. Students had to wear their uniforms during all lessons and while eating meals or studying the Great Hall. Students were allowed to wear their own clothes after lessons in the house dormitory and during the holidays, which we do see a lot, or when they go to Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. On the weekends. Most students were still seen wearing their uniforms in their house dormitory. Most probably because they would need to change into their PJs to sleep. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's practical. Yep. Uh, So they might feel like it's a pain to change from their uniform into normal clothes and then just change again before bed. I agree. (laughs) Oh no, I I, I wholeheartedly I hardly wholeheartedly agree on that too. Like it makes perfect sense. You know, those sweaters actually look quite comfortable, so I don't know that I'd complain too much. They actually are. That's just me from personal experience. They are actually comfortable. Just saying. The 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 cardigans they have are comfortable, the robes are comfortable. Like honestly, like I wear every an everyday robe at work. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I got it from Hot Topic. So it's not a full-length robe, but it's still comfy. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> Even has a wand slot for me. Robe life. Every day. <laughs> all day. 
forever. Hey, Only I get will. compliments on it every single time I work in, and it's awesome. I love it. But, yeah, that's what we have for Hogwarts. So, yeah. I mean... We're moving on. It, it's crazy how quickly we feels like we've been moving i guess but this was this is episode eight it's two months two months we've been doing this already like it's insane and there's still so much to cover oh god um and then next week uh we're changing up a little bit to where we're going to go over their first magical creature Ooh, very exciting it's it's so we're going to do the general species of this creature we're not doing the subspecies yet because we will do the subspecies at a later date but we are going to go over generally the dragons which is everybody's favorite let's be honest that's everybody's favorite creature in in any fantasy setting is a dragon let's be honest when we went to uh when we went to the harry potter world at universal I went with my mom for Mother's Day because she's, like I've said before, probably a bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. She didn't realize the dragon, like, spits fire. And so we're walking, we're walking down Diagon Alley and then people are just stopping and videoing because they know it's about time. My mom is completely blissfully unaware. And then all of a sudden that, like, cracking sound happens and the dragon spits fire. My poor mother about fell down in Diagon Alley and had a panic attack after that i put her on the ride and then she got attacked by dementors i don't know if she had a great time or the worst time i would say a little bit of both at that What's, point what like, is life what, what, without a bit of abject terror what about you know oh a dragon just breathing fire and then you know getting touched by a soul-sucking dementor trying to rip your soul out of your body like hmm Mm-hmm. But you get to experience we, all the good know, things. <laughs> buyer, buyer a uh, a butter beer, and just like forget that there's fireball in it. Hey! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no! But and then you and then you buy an interactive wand. You hand it to her, and she's like kind of tipsy, and she's like, you know, oh, let's do the spell. Time to make oh, the skeleton oh, dance. Oh jeez, that's funny. But yeah, that's what we have for this week, and. Be excited for next week. Uh, like I said, we are just going to go over the general species of dragon. Um, so we're going to talk about all the all the subspecies in it, but we'll like take a deeper dive in the subspecies later because there's like I think ten or twelve different subspecies, and we only seen like five in the books and the films. Well, no, six. Sorry, six. We see six of them. We see the Norwegian uh, Norwegian witch Ridgeback, the Swedish Snort Snout, the Chinese Fireball, the Hungarian Horntail, obviously, the Welsh Green, and the um, I can't remember the region it's from, but the Iron Belly, which is the one that we see in Death Hollows. Mm. On so screen, cool. we only see three, which is the Hungarian Horntail, the Iron Belly, and then the uh, rich back. Mm. But yeah. we'll get to talk more in depth about all of those next week, and um, that's an exciting topic for sure. Right? It, it's it, we don't get to see some of them in film or 
you know, all of them in the books. So it'll be definitely cool mm-hmm. to learn about the ones that we haven't seen much of. Right. But yeah, that's what we have for this week. I hope everybody has an awesome time. Uh, and we will catch you all next week. Night, everyone. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com. And if you want to find more of us, you can follow me on the Holocron Histories podcast with my co-host Teacup to where we take a deep dive into the Star Wars lore. Or you can follow Captain Shanko with Psych88 on the MCU Lorecast where they take a deep dive into all things Marvel.